How much is a banana, Michael? Ten dollars? I don't know what bananas cost. Welcome to Mintcast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. Very overworked, but I'm Joe. And just done baking lots of projects. I'm Leo. And this is episode 368, recorded on Sunday, the 22nd. Wait, yeah, 22nd <laughs> of August. I have written in the notes 22nd of August. <laughs> Whoops. Livestream information is at mintcast.org slash livestream. If you see something you'd like to hear about, tell us. Send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. Join us live on YouTube. Post at the Mintcast subreddit. Chat with us on Telegram, Discord, Facebook, or post directly at mintcast.org. First up in the news, OpenSSH takes another step. Firefox and Thunderbird match now. Lots of new releases and AV1 headed for kernel support. In security, you were this close to having all the games on Steam. Then in our wanderings, <laughs> Joe started Joe's Plumbing Service. And I've been boring. Yep, I've turned into a plumber. So at the top of the news, uh, OpenSSH. We talked about OpenSSH, Joe, I don't know, it was like months, months, maybe even years ago. Uh, I remember bringing it up where OpenSSH is going to drop SCP in favor of SFTP. So, I mean, on an Ubuntu Has box... That, wasn't that oh, already done like a couple of years ago? Like SCP was declared to be insecure, so everybody yep. was supposed to be switching to SFTP, and basically all the commands are the same? Yes. Yeah, actually, yeah. So we we did a whole show on that, yeah. uh, or at least we talked about it a lot in a, in a specific episode. But, okay, so back then... It was the OpenSSH group saying, all right, y'all, SCP is dead. Stop using it. So nobody stopped using it, obviously, because they didn't make anybody do anything. And this won't either. So OpenSSH 8.7 is released with experimental SFTP support for SCP. So what that means is you can add the dash S option to SCP to enable SFTP mode. All right. So they're still letting you use SCP. But if you use an extra option, it'll behave like SFTP and give you the extra no, uh, security. I, I kind of figured what they were going to do, and I thought we had talked about it at the time as well, is that they were just going to alias SCP to SFTP so that when you typed SCP because you're old and that's what you've been doing for the last forever, the right thing happens. Yep. Yep, that's the deal. So they, they still give you uh, an out which is SCP-O, which is the original mode that SCP ran at in the first place. So if you've got really old software that does not support SC, uh, the SFTP, uh, essentially the ability to deal with SFTP style transfers, then you're going to have to use that big O option. But eventually, eventually, it's just going to be gone. And I'm going to guess it'll probably take another year or two for that to actually be the case. So maybe I'll, open I'll, SSH9? I'll be honest. Um, I, I still type SCP just out of habit. 
I can't believe you, Joe. So insecure. You're you're gonna be the object of our security Honestly, update one of these days. I, I, I seriously thought that they had uh, alias that from um, SCP to SFTP, but I, I, I haven't thought about it in a while either. It looks like OpenSSH 8.7 might. I didn't test it, so I don't know for sure. But why would you need the O option if it wasn't by default then? Exactly. Why do you need yeah. the two modes? Right, right. There's a SFTP mode and an SCP mode. Why would you need both if one of and them has to be a, a default? I don't think that's attack O. I think that's attack zero. Uh, I don't remember. Either way. No, I'm pretty sure it's O. Let me see. Let's take a look. Capital O? I saw it on... Um, It was in the if release that was notes. a copy and paste, then... No, I typed it. Um... Now I gotta find it's it. Not a oh, zero. here it is. It's here it not is. a zero. I, I can I can look. It's a capital O. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to throw it in the terminal to find out. That's a O, and that's a yeah. It's definitely an O. Okay, so yeah, capital O for okay, O. Yeah. Why original. would you need TAC S for SFTP and then TAC O for original? What What does adding neither one do? Well, I guess one. Uh, oh, you know what? It removes the ambiguity for sure. So it's good for that. But I, I just want to say that you wouldn't need O. But I, I, anyway, it seems like the release notes make it sound like SCP is still SCP with the S option. You can make it behave like SFTP or you can just use SFTP. If you want to be unambiguous about it, you'll add the dash big O. That's what it seems like. But either way, one step closer to having SCP gone forever. It's deprecated. It's been deprecated. But, you know still out there so what are you going to do right if you if you're managing like a bunch of routers and things that still need scp don't support sftp how do you handle that i think my my my, uh my edge router doesn't support sftp it's scp only so you just got to go back out and get an old version of ssh probably keep keep, uh you keep debian 11 around for five years (laughs) there should be some kind of like add-on or something that you can install in order to keep using scp on older devices yeah because it sounded like in the release notes that they were going to get rid of the the original mode option eventually and yeah i mean that kind of has to be the plan if it's insecure Mm -hmm. and they're not planning on making it secure or unable to make it secure they're eventually going to get rid of it right it it was yeah, exactly, exactly. SCP is just broken. There's no real way to fix it without rewriting it. And if you're rewriting it, why wouldn't you just rewrite SFTP? So, yeah, that's why it's deprecated and why it's going away. But, yeah, it's still going to be there. I mean, just like FTP. We we just had browsers finally drop all of the FTP, basic FTP support in your browser. Now you have to have an extension for it. Um, And that's a good thing. FTP is... Uh, no, it needs to go away. We have SFTP. Well, FTP has been known to be insecure for a lot longer than um, SCP, and it's yeah. still around. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly, which tells me that SCP is going to be around for, you know, another decade before we really, truly get rid of it. Yeah. But speaking of browsers, Firefox 91 and its first point release is out. So I dig this uh, because they add some total cookie protection, which is a weird name, but eh, uh, for clearing cookies that prevents hidden data leaks and makes it easy for users to understand which websites are storing local information. So just more 
visibility into your privacy, really. Um, and then the HTTPS first policy. So the browser will always attempt HTTPS first, regardless of what you type, uh, unless you explicitly say HTTP in that, which is kind of nice. And then a contrast mode for folks that uh, uh, need extra visibility on Mac, which is kind of nice. Uh, accessibility is always, always, always nice. And this is my favorite now. So Firefox now does catch-up paints for almost all user interactions, enabling a 10 to 20% improvement in response time. So uh, Mozilla is just going to feel like it's going to be faster all of the time. I probably won't know. Mm. Uh, Spalia says Mozilla doesn't know what they want. They remove PWAs. And so I remember covering that on Mintcast a while back. And they removed it because it was broken. And they didn't have the manpower to fix it. I mean, honestly, I probably would have done the same thing. If you're not going to focus on it. If it's not a focus. And I, I get the argument that it should have been a focus. But... If it's not going to be a focus and it's half broken half the time anyway, um, I mean, you're just going to get tons of the opposite complaint, which is PWAs are broken in Firefox, and that'll be a refrain. So I don't know, better to strip it out. But you have options, uh, like in Mint, you have the web apps option, and you can use Firefox in that way, which is how I do uh, Plex. There's, I don't think there's an actual Plex client for Linux. There's a Plex AMP client, which I also use. But um, if you just want Plex, you have to do it in a browser. And I'll use web apps to launch a Firefox instance to do a, essentially a PWA of Plex and of NextCloud. So if you're on Mint, you have a workaround for it. And you know them removing PWAs doesn't mean anything to me, uh, which is, uh, I guess that's an advantage of using Peppermint or Mint in general, is that you have that. Um, I mean, the code's out there. It's, I wouldn't say easy. I don't know what, what kind of effort it would take to put that into another distribution. But the code's there, and it can be used in any distribution if you're willing to compile it yourself or just use a Mint or Peppermint derivative, and it'll be there. So, mm, yeah, no, I, I agree. I like PWAs. They they tend to be really, really um, effective at what they do because I don't want a whole browser most of the time to do stuff. It's nice to press a button and just have it come up, especially since we have, what, uh, every app now is... What is the, the Chromium backend for things like Discord and Slack and uh, Element? What is that called? Anyway, the, the Chromium backend thing. Anyway, moving on. Thunderbird 91. So they jumped from, what, 78 to 91? And I'm still tapping my foot wondering whether or not I'm, we're ever going to get that. In Ubuntu 20.04, which means Linux Mint 20. Uh, would be nice. How many people actually use Thunderbird, though? Electron. Norbert's got it. It was Electron I was talking about. And I do recently. It's um, So I've been using Geary, which integrates in. If you add like a Gmail account to Mint in the account section, and then you install Geary, your email is immediately there. So you can handle your email right then and there. And that is super convenient. Um, but I've taken to using Thunderbird because I don't really have the option of Geary on Windows. So it's Thunderbird over there, Geary on Linux, but I'm starting to use a little bit of Thunderbird on Linux now as well because 
I mean, it's just as available. But now I'm wondering, after Thunderbird 91, which uh, seems to have a much better onboarding wizard, so putting in accounts and things like that, much much easier. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't just use Thunderbird everywhere because, I mean, it's the same app, right? Like Kind of like Firefox, I get it everywhere. Hmm. Either way, if you're using email, Thunderbird, go check it out. It's very, very nice. As far as Linux goes, you have to download the uh, the tarball and extract it out and then just run Thunderbird, Thunderbird from there. It doesn't seem like... Even Arch, by the way, <laughs> uh, does not have Thunderbird 91 in its in its repos just yet. So it seems like there's more more happening in the background than just a quick, you know, ah, cool, just upgrade would, would lead you to believe. So uh, that might be the the reason why they went from 78 to 91, also to match Firefox. But um, yeah, there may be some big underlying changes that need to be sorted out before an upgrade is available. Worked fine on Windows. Hmm. Anyway, um, oh, Dale says, I started using it again because I reviewed it a couple months ago and never removed it. Oh, there's a ProtonMail. I wouldn't feel right about the ProtonMail thing. I really wouldn't. Um, because the whole point of Proton is that it's always encrypted. And if you're, if it's sitting in your Thunderbird box, then there's another point of decryption that I don't want. Not that anybody's going to just run off with your laptop, though I guess that could happen. Um, it's, it's just not likely, but I don't know. I, I keep my, I keep my tinfoil hat on <laughs> all the time, man. Decrypted as, as few, few possible times as possible. Uh, yeah. I, I English good sometimes. <laughs> All right, next up is Elementary OS 6. Yay! So I've been waiting for this one for a long time because it's I think it's the main competitor to Mint uh, because of its base. Obviously, it's 2004 Ubuntu. Um, and the fact that it's geared more toward users and less toward people wanting to do all kinds of weird things with it. I mean, Linux Mint is a desktop first. I think Ubuntu is a desktop second or third or fourth, right? Because they've got uh, Juju, they've got Snaps, they've got the Ubuntu server. They've got a lot of things. Their hands are in a lot of cookie jars. Um, But Linux Mint is desktop first. Elementary OS is one single desktop first. So I really feel like Elementary OS, uh, along with Pop! OS, is uh, the main competitor. Those two are the main competitors to Linux Mint. So I've been keeping my eye on this one. And, you know, I remember when there was a bunch of fervor about Linux Mint and then blocking the installation of Snaps. You know what I didn't hear a bunch of fervor about? Elementary OS blocking the ability to add PPAs and install devs easily. Like, that has always been the case since Elementary OS 5. And I mean, probably before that, but I, I I didn't pay attention to it before then. And Elementary OS six continues on with the same blocks. I mean, obviously, in Elementary OS six, it's just one command to fix all those things to to fix each individual thing. Same with Linux Mint, but I didn't hear anybody complain as much as they complained about Linux Mint not having snaps by default. Um, well, Elementary isn't as popular as Linux Mint, and that may be the case. But, you know, what's really funny is that um, while they're not getting flack about that, they're getting flack about what uh, Daniel Foray calls foot guns. So installing PPAs or the ability to add PPAs to elementary OS is a foot gun. 
And apparently this is a programming term to mean something to shoot you in the foot with, right? It's going to make your experience bad one day because you're being irresponsible with it, right? That's that's the whole idea of foot guns. And so removing them and not making them available and – I mean obviously you can still fix it because it's Linux and you can do whatever you want to with it. But out of the box, it's not going to have these foot guns. And – I, in my personal opinion, I think that's the right way to go about it. I mean, if your if your focus is people that don't necessarily want to get under the hood and tinker all the time, then of course, why would you add a bunch of features that would eventually break something or have the potential to break something, and then just generate tons and tons and tons more support tickets about it? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's the right play, but as with Linux Mint and stopping snaps. Uh, elementary OS is getting uh, a Twitter beating. <laughs> I think that's the right word. A Twitter beating about not having this stuff in there. I, I don't think it's deserved, but uh, it is pretty loud uh, out there about all of this. Um, I, One of the ones that I tend to agree with, though, is... Okay, so in Linux Mint, when you open up the store... It's not perfect, but when you search for things, you get um, the dev version and the Flatpak version, and it should be the Flatpak version should be – it says Flatpak on it, so you know which one's which. Um, you know, I, I, there's an argument that, well, that's too difficult because what is Flatpak even if you don't know what it is already? Um, so elementary OS kind of goes the other way with this where Flathub, which is where Linux Mint and all the other uh, distributions tend to get most of their Flatpaks from, is not enabled out of the box. So you go and search in Discord, you're just not going to find it. It's just not going to be available until you go and, and enable FlatHub. But if you do go enable FlatHub, it's still not available in the App Center because the App Center is meant to be a curated space where if it was submitted directly for elementary OS, it will show up. But if it was not, it will not show up in the store. And that's, again meant to not foot gun you to death, right? I mean, it keeps people from installing software that may or may not look right, feel right, behave right, not crash, things like that. Um, so I get it. But that's, that's I think, one of the big points that they are getting flack about that I wouldn't say it's really deserved because it's it, it goes exactly with their design decision. But, I mean, software availability, I think, is a thing that kills all Linux distributions if they don't have it. And this is one of this is it. They're hampering their software availability by not allowing it in the uh, in the app store, not making it super easy to enable it. I think you still have to go in the command line and do uh, the flat pack add thing. So, either way, we talked about Elementary OS, OS six and all of its new fangled stuff in the last episode, I think, because we were talking about its release. But um, today was really just about no foot guns, no foot guns for you. Yeah, Norbert uh, is talking about the flat hubs not being set up by default. So yeah, fail. yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? But they're they're going with the Mac approach, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But in the short term, it's going to hurt them because you know people are. I mean, we're using Discord. If we installed Elementary OS and we wanted to go install Discord, think about the hoops that you're going to have to jump through. You you can either a go get the deb, which there is no way to handle double-clicking on devs in elementary OS because it's not part of the design. So you have to go install GDebbie or Eddie, which is, is I mean, they announced that 
uh, that it was available, that you can go get Eddie now. It's a flat pack now. But Or you have to you, use dpackage from the command line? Yeah. So so the the solution is apt install the deb or use dpackage. And for this is Discord we're talking about. Discord. It, it needs to be easy to have Discord. And I mean, really, anything that's in Flathub that is super popular, Spotify. I don't know if Spotify is in uh, the App Center, but I'm going to guess that it's not. I'm going to guess they didn't get Spotify to package up Spotify just for elementary OS because that's the bar you have to clear to get into the App Store. Your app has to be specifically packaged for the App Center in elementary OS. Otherwise, it will not be available. And not only it that... It seems extremely limiting. And not only that, it has to be the main actual dev doing it. So somebody else can't package Spotify and put it in the App Center. Spotify has to package Spotify and put it in the elementary OS App Center. So I, speaking of foot guns, I, I think this is one way that you're going to shoot yourself in the foot without having... Discord, Spotify, these real popular apps that, that you can obviously see on Flathub and Snapcraft. Yeah, it, it's gonna it hurt. Adds, it adds to stability, but it takes away from usability. And yes, they can come back later when someone says, oh, my stuff broke, and they can say, oh, it's not my fault. You were adding things that uh, weren't ever meant to be added to this OS. Right. But it's still really gonna end up taking away from the user base. Yeah, I mean... There's ways around it, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. But, I mean, no foot guns is real. Yeah, but elementary is not going to support those ways around it. Well, nor should they. The Linux Mint doesn't support broken flat packs either. You can't go into the Linux Mint forum and be like, hey, Linux Mint, why is this your fault? It's obviously not. So, but it's the it's the perception of it, right? Right. If you're not going to take the time and try to debug it and go to the forums and talk to people and get it fixed and all this stuff, your impression is that elementary OS sucks because the flat pack doesn't work. So it's it's obvious why they do it. It's just, I mean, I can't find Discord. I can't find Spotify. That makes a big difference, I think. Anyway, a few releases. August is uh, Linux Christmas, I think. Debian 11 is out. Elementary OS 6 is out. Manjaro 21.1 Pavo is out. Zorin OS 16 is out. Slackware is about to be out, and we're talking like a decade between Slackware 14 and 15. Right. Slackware 15 RC1 is out, which means that maybe September, maybe October. I'm, I'm excited for Slackware, uh, for the pain it has caused me in my life. <laughs> I got to do it again so I can be like, no, I totally, I totally did Slackware this time. It was fine. Was the Slackware dev still having problems? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think we're okay on that front. Is he actually getting paid these days? Right. <clears throat> uh, oh, you know what? Norbert has a really good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, I think that's – they should have like a Twitter check. That's the idea. Yeah. So Norbert says they could enable flat packs and have an elementary certified badge on apps that come from the elementary repo. That, I think, is the best of both worlds. You get to have Flathub enabled by default, and then you get to have a check mark that says elementary OS supported or elementary OS verified or something like that, where you know it's guaranteed to work because it was made for this platform, but also if you don't have a check, then it's not our fault. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that might just be because of the beta, Dale. Dale, um, Dale was saying he's tried Slack 15 beta and couldn't get Slack package to update stuff. Uh, got a bunch of 404s. But yeah, it's probably just because not those those particular repos weren't available at the time. So we'll see when the when the real release comes out. There's a good chance we'll probably be doing uh, all of those on Linux user space. Slackware for sure. I know we've talked about it a little bit. But yeah, uh, mm, mm. I want to do all of them. I just don't think we have enough episodes in a season to do all of them. So we'll have to wait on some of them. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, that'll do it for the news. We'll head down to the security update. And I totally forgot, AV1 support headed for Linux in the news. Uh, whoops. But that's going to be good. Uh, there's not a lot of hardware out there that that uh, handles AV1 support right now. I know my video card um, supports it at a rudimentary level, but I'd have to get like a 6,000 series AMD card for it to have AV1 support, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not going to really affect me, but it's nice that it's going into the kernel so early. That means that uh, – so Caden Live – which I have in the check this out section, uh, 2020.08 has um, the rudimentary support for GPU acceleration for uh, the Melt program, which is what it uses to do rendering, which means that the next version of Caden Live or the next few versions will really have that GPU support, could take advantage of AV1 if that's what you're uh, rendering into. But I'm just happy that I'll be able to use my video card to, to uh, pump out MP4s because uh, I do a lot of Caden uh, Live now. It'll be nice. But anyway, so actual security, which is what we're here for, my favorite. This is uh, there's not really a whole lot uh, going on that I saw, but I did see this one. Uh, so Valve paid out $7,500, I think was the dollar amount, on the Hacker One board, which is a website where companies will go and post bug bounties, and people will pick those up, fix them, and they'll get paid that bounty. Um, so Valve posted one. That, that seems like a low payout for this one. Honestly, it kind of does. And this the 7,500 was the upgraded number. So early on, when Valve figured out that there was a bug, they considered it moderate. So like CVS has a score of like six, if you're familiar with that. But, you know, not a big deal, not a little deal, just kind of a whatever. We'll fix it. It's, it's on our radar. We'll totally work on it. Um, but after they found out that people could actually use this particular bug, which was um, messing with the email uh, field whenever you did a transaction, uh, you could change the amount. So you were buying Steam funds. Say you bought $1 of Steam funds. You could change that dollar amount to whatever you wanted. I mean, literally, whatever you wanted. Yeah, ser no, seriously. The, no, no. In the in the proof of concept, they did a thousand. So they changed one dollar into a thousand dollars, and their Steam wallet had a thousand dollars. So, I mean, the, huh? Th this should have paid out a lot more. Seventy five hundred? Yeah, I think so. Those of you watching our video, I totally have been clicking links. Whoops. Um, but yeah, so uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it was right here. So he had bricks amount 100. So it's it's very important that you have the amount 100 in the email itself. But yeah, you turn $1 into $100. This looks like $2,000 down here. But yeah, once uh, once Valve figured it out, 
they changed from moderate importance. So like CVS has a five or six or seven, maybe uh, up to nine or 10. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, critical, critical. So Dr. Bricks was the uh, responding hacker for that one. So enjoy that, uh, enjoy that payout. That's a good payout. Not enough, but a good payout. I mean, it's a, it's, that's a lot of people's three, four, five, six months salary, depending on who you are. All right. Well, that was it for our security update. Real, real short. Um, it's it's a shame that I didn't get in on this, so I could have bought every game on Steam. That would have been nice. No, that they'd have come back nice. at you. They'd, they'd yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then and they would have taken Steam all my games. Just been blocked. And, yeah. yeah, and I've got years and years of games on that man. Right, I don't lose right. It. I would hate that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that'll do it for the security update. It's still not solidified in my brain that biweekly wanderings is after security because my brain said it's Linux innards time now. But um, we got some feedback to that effect, by the way. So we'll talk about that in the feedback section of uh, the switch. And I'm, I'm curious of other people's opinions, too. Anyway, Joe, what have you done? What have you done? What what have you done? You're a tradesman oh, now. Well, evidently. But um, <laughs> basically, work has taken over my recent life. Um, I had one more person on the second shift that had something come up and wasn't able to work for a while. So I've had to work several, like, doubles and on-call work. And also some of the projects that I've been leading at work had setbacks and I've had to put in extra time to try to get them back on track. So there's been a lot of 14, 16 hour days at work, uh, starting out at seven o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, Oh, some of them sometimes six or six 30. And then working until nine o'clock sometimes and then or getting off at six o'clock and then having to log back in at nine o'clock to handle stuff so um, i haven't been able to do a whole lot A, a lot of the stuff that i have been working on is things i can do while working and on a meeting um i started the process of revamping my garage so that a lot of it is more usable because it, it was getting a little crowded and then a little messy in there uh lots more got boxed up and put into storage and i'm working on getting everything arranged better so that there's more room for other things and i i did finally get a bunch of my posters put up um i had a bunch more to put up and then you know i've only been living here for five years so getting those unpacked now is <clears throat> about on time Dude, I've got a pile of posters over there. Yeah. And I, I need to get them up. I need to do something with them, but um, I haven't, well, a, and a, I might. <laughs> a bunch of my posters have been in storage so long that, that they're really not worth putting up anymore. They kind of just Aww. degraded. But some of them, uh, the tin posters are up now, and then I had a bunch of, I have a bunch of Doctor Who posters that were like in, in plastic shielding, so those will oh, go Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, those look good then still. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more that I want to do with my garage, but, but the amount of stuff that I'm also storing in there, it's a little bit difficult, but I'm working on clearing out more of that area. Um, also I, I pretended I was a plumber again at the insistence of my wife and, um, 
replaced the sink in the downstairs bathroom, switching from a pedestal sink to one with a lot more surface area. It looks very nice and was actually a pretty simple swap. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I should think about a career change. Uh, is being a plumber less stressful than working in tech? Uh, I mean, it's a dirty job, but it pays well. And yeah. to be honest with you, after the first year or two, you just work for yourself, man. Uh-huh. You you take on as many jobs as you want or not, and you can make a ton of money doing that. Same with uh, electrician. Yeah, okay. I mean, everybody's I, got a house, and everybody needs those two things without a doubt. There's no way that you can get by without those two things. I'm uh, not a big fan live. of playing with mains power, so... It's a plumber it is then. Probably not an electrician. Ah, yeah, well. And then, then, um, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, the whole point of becoming an electrician is learning how not to uh, blow yourself 100 feet backwards. That's the the whole deal, right? You know Mm. how to deal with it. (laughs) Someone's got to. Yeah, but, you know, accidents happen. Well, no, no, no. Negligence happens. No, no. Accidents do happen. (laughs) Um, I know people that, you know, work for AT&T and they work up on power lines setting things up and they have a completely different different definition of the words pole dancer. (laughs) It's an actual thing. Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, most of my modded retractables are causing me problems of, uh, one kind or another. So I'm looking at new ways for tension relief on them. I think I found some, um, I think the problem may be that the wires are too thin and the heat shrink that I'm using, even though it's the smallest I have is not providing enough of a grip on the wire itself. This is leaving too much tension directly on the wire and allowing the pressure of opening and closing to go directly to the join, even with the hot glue around it. Um, I had stopped using a knot in midline because the knot was originally to keep it from retracting too far, but now I'm thinking that it may help inside the heat shrink by providing a bit more grip so it's not, you know, the tension is going to the heat shrink, which then spreads it across the rest of the line and not directly on the joint. And this actually does seem to work. I did do it on um, a couple of the retractable headsets. And so, yeah, we'll see if that works. And I also ordered a different style of uh, connector than the ones I normally get, but um, I don't know if that's going to work out any better, especially since I won't be able to use the hot glue method on it because it's plastic instead of um, metal around the outside. But because it's a snap-together design, I should be able to use like Gorilla Glue or something, and that should hold the um, wire in place. And a knot should help in the middle of that as well. Um, a couple of other things. I, 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 you were talking about Steam earlier, and I actually did get a, a Steam game. Um, uh, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic. It, it's, that, uh, hold on, that game sounds super familiar. Hold dude, on. it's from uh, like 2001. I played it when it first came out, and I loved that game. And I played it all, all the way through a couple of different times. And it... It was one of my favorite games for a really long time, and it being like six bucks, I, I, yep. I grabbed a copy and added I played it to this my one while I was in high school. Yeah, I, I was in the army, so yeah, 
Yeah. Yep, absolutely, man. On the uh, first PC that I owned. So I'm going to give that yeah, a look run. Look at that. Look at that. All reviews, very positive. Well, there are so I, many I mods back. out there for it, too. Like, ah. you know, a- aftermarket mods, people have done things to make it look better, add more content and things like that. Now, I don't know if you can add them to uh, a game purchased on Steam. Yeah, but, you, you um, should be able to. I mean, yeah. the, the game is in the little Steam apps folder, the common folder, and it's just the game, so you should be able to mod it the same way. Yeah. And I haven't tried any of the mods yet, so I, I don't know um, how much it would help, but I, I look forward to maybe finding out one day, but, you know, I, I have to have free time. Um, yeah, and uh, there might be the Steamworks uh, mod thing there might i don't know how to get to that from here but um i'll look into it oh the workshop here it is let me see if i can maybe i can find something well i've also um i i I had a note five sitting around that i had picked up at a really good price that the uh the regular touch screen doesn't work on but it works with the stylus and i had um I, I didn't give it to my son, but I loaned it to my son for him to use to listen to audiobooks while we were doing things like going for a walk. But um, the the seems like the very first thing he did was turn the uh, stylus around backwards and break it off on the inside, so now the stylus doesn't fit back in, and Hello. that's that that's an annoying fix. But uh, if I take it apart to fix that, I might be able to fix the uh, touchscreen because the touchscreen sometimes works. So I'm I'm assuming assuming that it's just a a messed up connection or a connection that got loose. So I should be able to push it back in and see if that helps. Um, other than that, it, it, like I said, it's just been work, work, work. Oh, um, something that I didn't put in the innards section, but is pie related was, um, I finally switched out the, the case, my old case for my pie four was, um, the fan in it was extremely loud. So I switched it out for this really cool looking, uh, Nintendo case that looks like an original Nintendo NES and yeah I, I'm, I'm really liking it it's got a smaller fan but uh, it's quiet so I'm, I'm liking that and then I also had uh, pulled out my um, one of my original Raspberry Pi the B plus model for the first version so it's a, a version one, but it's not the one with the, the two USB ports or the one USB. I can't remember. It's been so long since the Pi <laughs> one came out, but I it's know. the one with the more USB ports on it. And, and I think it had a little bit more Ram than the original V one, but that was about it. Still, you yeah. know, ancient and slow at this point, mm-hmm. but really cool to have. And yeah, that's it. Well, I can't say I've got much more similar stuff, right? I mean, uh, most of my time has gone to Pi Projects, which uh, I have three. So, uh, yeah, it's I've spent a lot of time tinkering and taking notes and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other half of, well, yeah, the other half of my nerd time 
is on Arch for Linux user space. And I, I think um, it's nice. It's good. Uh, hmm. 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 I'll save all the good bits, but uh, uh, let's just say I don't hate it. It's way better than I expected. And the other little bit, so when I'm not nerding out and hanging out with everybody else that's here, it's uh, Final Fantasy. That's still so, nerding, just so you know. Yeah, it's true. It's a shame Bo's not here uh, because this is pretty much his game. I think between, uh, he's an MMO guy, so between World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen, I mean, those are his games. Uh, and I've just recently got back into Final Fantasy fourteen. However... Uh, I need to pick Bo's brain on how to run it on Linux. Um, I think it's actually pretty easy to do. I just haven't tried it yet. Uh, I've been playing most of that on Windows. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's, it's it's terrible enough, this game. If you try and buy this game and install this game and update this game and get to the game, uh, you'll, pu- you'll, you'll pull your hair out. There are like, you need like four accounts to even be able to log in. You need like a Square Enix account, then you need like a Sony account, and then that gets in gets you into like the the Mog station or something, which is where you buy your subscription. And then there's another webpage where you can use the points that you get from buying your subscription to buy other things. And <laughs> I mean seriously, it's terrible. And if you if you need to just install the game, I mean, good luck. Because you have to go find the the executable file, the the installer for the launcher, and so you can't just type in ffxiv launcher and download it immediately. You can't go to Final Fantasy, you know, fourteen dot com and download the. It's like there's no link to it. The I I think the the download page is behind FinalFantasy14.com, but there's no link to it on FinalFantasy14.com. It's like they're hiding it from you. I don't know why they would hide it from you, but anyway, it literally took me like two hours to get this thing spun up, Um, not including download time, Um, trying to figure out how to get the accounts together, what pages to go to, how to hook everything up, how to how to download the thing. Just it was it was terrible. If you have to Google more than once. To download the launcher for a game, I think you've gone too far. Uh, it's too hard to find it. It should just be front and center. I mean, like there should just be a huge download button on FinalFantasy14.com. I mean, you can't log into the to the launcher without an account anyway. I don't know why you hide it. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's my rant for the day. That's it for the show. So we got some announcements. Our normal announcements are uh, next episode. So this here thing is going to be September 5th, 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. And our next Saturday show is going to be August 28th, 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. So if if you want to come swing in and you've got a decent mic, join us on that Saturday show, and we'll just have a big old powwow, talk about whatever we want to talk about, and just hang out for a bit. Yeah, sorry Uh, we missed out on last Saturday's show. Everybody was busy doing other things, and no one was available. Yep, that last show was my daughter's birthday. So, yeah, couldn't do it. And then, uh, Joe, it sounded like you were just getting hit with work from all sides, huh? Yeah, pretty much. much. I I was swamped. It was a Saturday, and I was still swamped. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Actually, yeah. Next Saturday I might be out on a hike. So, 
I don't know oh, if I'm going to cool. make that one. But yeah, um, I should be there. But uh, as for the regular show, everybody, email us. Uh, send us messages on Discord. Send us messages in Telegram. Give us ideas on what you want for the show because we, we we sometimes are having problems figuring out what we want to bring I, for I the think, next episode. I think life has been getting in the way more now. Yeah, it's that in time these past of year. couple of months. Yeah, than than any other time. So yeah, brains get used a whole uh, a whole lot less for other things than work. Yeah, so. and it's hard for me to find projects. A lot of that is is, is time constraints. But uh, I, Look, I do man, need we just some need to projects. do an SFTP episode, and we'll be good to go. We already did an SFTP uh, SCP episode. No, we need to do it again. Do it again. <laughs> You know, uh, setting up WireGuard would be fun. Actually, I would uh, love for you guys to do an episode on setting up WireGuard and walk through all the steps and what needs to be done. That would be a great episode. It is way easier. But the thing about those particular episodes is that... Way easier than it used to be. It would have to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the thing about it, though, is that like showing the router stuff is different for everybody. So no one right. will ever be able to get it done. Right. You know, because it, some people's routers support that thing. Some people's don't. It's in different spots, called something different. It's a nightmare to to get that kind of thing figured out. The Ubuntu stuff, same every single time. But port forwarding, oh boy. Oh right. Boy. Always No, Nishan. He asked if I just betrayed sentiment. I didn't. I'm still on, uh, I'm, I'm using Arch for Linux user space and Plasma on it. So I'm getting familiar with Plasma. But, uh, Kate and Live and Krita are both run under Cinnamon, and very fantastically, by the way. So, nope, not yeah, yet. When I you have 16 computers at the house, it's almost uh, guaranteed one of them is going to be running Linux Mint. E oh, yeah. Actually, all of them run Linux Mint. Some of them just happen to run other things, too. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, um, that's it. That'll do it. So, Joe, where can we find more of you outside oh. of here? You can catch me on a couple other podcasts. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show, which uh, you can find at tllts.org. I'm also on the Linux Lugcast, which is at linuxlugcast.com. Uh, we recently started doing um, tech sci-fi movie style reviews. I think it's pretty interesting. Last time we talked about um, The Last Starfighter and um, how it's a good example of some early CGI. Uh, you can find me on MeWe. I haven't been on MeWe as much lately. Or you can send me an email directly jb at mincast.org. Pretty cool. And then Bo, not here this time, but undercastnetwork.com, or you can get him at uh, Undercast Collective on YouTube, as well as uh, Crowbar Colonel Panic. Tony Hughes, out sick this time, but you can get him at HPR, host ID 338, Twitter, Tony H1212, TH at mincast.org, or distrohoppersdigest at gmail.com. Josh Hawk is out, but Josh on Tech at mincast.org, Josh on Tech on Twitter, and pretty much everywhere else. And then uh, Crowbar Colonel Panic as well. Mike getting hit by a hurricane. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Mike at mintcast.org and Grouchy M on Discord. Taking in As the face me. from Henry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. As for me, leochavez.org and at leochavez on Twitter, at leo at c.im on Mastodon, linuxuserspace.show, or, you know, buy me a coffee. But before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mintcast possible. 
Owen Peary for our audio editing. Josh Lowe for all his work on the website. Hobstar for our logo. InitRD for the animated Discord logo. And Londoner for our time sync. Bitemark Hosting for hosting Mintcast.org and our Mumble server. Archive.org for hosting our audio files. And, of course, the Linux Mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about every fortnight. Thanks, Clem. Thanks, Clem. And Cole. This has been another episode of the Mintcast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both Mintcast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at Mintcast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com for our theme music, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Mintcast.